It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, getting ready to uh, try to figure out uh, what's left for high school football with the four games that we have this week. Uh, Three of them are district championship games, and one, of course, in eight-man football is a regional champion. They have one last week of playoffs in eight-man, so only three wins away from a state title for Brown City or Deckerville, if that puts it into perspective for you a little better. Yeah, and... uh I don't know. I, I I imagine there's going to be change to the eight-man playoff sooner rather than later just because it seems like every year you're getting dozens of teams making the transition. But, yeah, no district title, so you're playing for a regional title, and we're getting an, an area team to a semifinal. And we'll find out uh, who they play. It's going to be a tough game, but that's a fun one. Obviously, both schools in Marine City still playing with Cardinal Mooney and Marine City on Friday and Saturday, respectively. And Ubley is probably going to do Ubley things. Yeah, and and I'm uh, that's a game that interests me. I I think Ubley is going to win. Uh, if I were picking, I'd pick Ubley to win. But I want to see what the score of is that game. I want to see if Seminary is a team that can challenge ugly or if ugly is just going to steamroll them like they have everybody else this year yeah and the good i guess the one good thing about everyone dropping out last week is we can really dig our hands into these games we don't have to don't have to like get to the next game we only have four to talk about so we can really get into the meat and potatoes of these especially i think the mooney everest game is the one we'll spend the most time on mainly because they've played but you've learned a little bit more about hamity and We'll get into all of it, but uh, five teams left four games this weekend, and hopefully we have four teams standing by Monday morning. All right, and we'll start dissecting in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 850-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, normally we, we start at the top and work our way down, so let's start at the top, which for us is D5. <laughs> <laughs> let's start, uh, well, in the northern part of the MAC, which is Marine City. So they take on Flint Hamity, who's 9-1 and one on the year. and just Hasn't played anybody. Just, well, they just upset Armada, basically, what, on the last play of the game? There, were, there was uh, like 26 seconds to go in the uh, the game. Uh, and they got a uh, touchdown pass to pull to within one, uh, and then they went for two and made it. So for all intents and purposes, they won at the buzzer. Yeah. Uh, and you got a chance. To, you've been at Marine City practice this week, getting the, the pregame interviews and all that. So you know a little bit more about Hamity. Share with the class what you learned. Well, what I learned is that they've got some athletes, and the main one is the quarterback, um, who was described to me as just a, a great athlete. Uh, the, the, the comparison was like, you remember how Michael Vick used to play? He'd run around back there, keep plays alive. You think you've got him, and all of a sudden he gets loose. Uh, and they, they said that's the kind of player this kid is, that he'll, he'll keep plays alive. In, in fact, Darren Letson thought he might have been over the line of scrimmage hmm. on the touchdown pass that decided the game. Um, he said it was close, but like to him, 
he would have been arguing. <laughs> well, that that is the one rule that some people uh, maybe don't completely understand because as long as you're the last toe on your foot's still behind the line of scrimmage, 99% of your body can be in front as long as one piece is behind it. Yeah, well, he, he was of the opinion that he was over it. So I'll I'll just uh, leave it at, at that. But at any rate, um, they've got a big kid on the offensive line too. Who's like six three, three hundred plus. So that's a large human he, being. He, yeah, he's like so. So they they've got skill and they and they've got some some talent. Um, but overall, I, I I come out of it feeling like okay, so Hamdy's got a couple of guys, but Marine City really has a team, and for the first time, maybe all year, the Mariners are healthy. Yeah. I mean, Zach Tetler was dressed last week. He didn't play, so I'm imagining that this week, uh, that last week was more of a break glass in case of emergency situation, that this week is hopefully ready to go. Yeah, uh, I got the impression that Zach's going to play and that – that's a good thing that like he's kind of chomping at the bit because it's it's my understanding that there was some sort of a mix-up and maybe he should have been playing before this but the fact that he had so much time like last week he had a little stiffness right because it, it had been so long and they're like okay well we're not gonna we're not gonna push it you get to practice all week if you know uh, and and it and it's good to go there um, you, you've got the situation with they now know that they can use Jeff Heslop as a running back or put him back at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the Mariners feel like they might have to throw a little bit in this game um, to to make sure they score enough. Because uh, I get the feeling that they're anticipating maybe a, a higher. I mean, they just played a thirty six thirty five game with Armada, right? So, so he's thinking that that's Hammondy style. Is to put and, points and if, up, and if you look at the number of points they've scored, I know they played some bad teams, but even against uh, Charlotte, I think they it was, scored. It was forty-four, 34 points. Yeah, so I mean, they're going to score, but the the question is, how much can they stop Marine City? And with Tetler back, and with the other guys who are already have been terrific while he's been out, you know, uh, Molusky and and Muscat and. Haslop and uh, Rufino, Osterlin, uh, you know, the, the Mariners, I think, feel like they can score on this team. Can they make enough stops? Yeah. Um, the one thing with the quarterback, and this is just more of a, a principled situation that I just, in most situations, I like this, uh, to do that this way. Whoever's your quarterback's going to be, I like riding it out with them. I in, in general, I don't like flip-flopping quarterbacks when you don't need to. If you want to put Lincoln in, he's shown he does a good job commanding the offense, and then you have Heslop and Tetler in the backfield. Those are two really good running backs. But if you want to put Jeff back at quarterback, that's fine. But, again, if they know going into it, it's a little different that there's going to be back and forth, so you're not prepared, and it's a little different because they're not looking over their shoulder. They know that they just want to give a different look. But I like, in general, sticking with the same quarterback, whoever you're putting in there. You let them ride it out. What do you think in that situation? I think they're going to be fine no matter what they decide to do. I think they know what they're going to do. 
uh, and, I, and I don't want to give away too many secrets. Right. Um, what, what I'm hoping for, you want to know what I'm hoping for above anything else? What's that? That Hamity has a kicker. <laughs> I'm hoping Hamity has that a kicker, and they kick it deep because they don't know any better, and they haven't seen it on any film because nobody who knows anything about Marine City kicks it deep to them anymore. I hope they kick it deep. I, I hope they, they kick it deep on their first kickoff, and it comes back 85 yards into their end zone. It seems like the last two years there's been a playoff team that didn't know better and kicked it deep, and woo, touchdown. Yeah, but my problem or, or my fear is is that Hamity probably doesn't have anybody that kicks. They probably go for two all the time, don't kick extra points, and they're probably just going to squib it because that's all they can do. Yeah, well, if they squib it deep <laughs> enough – you see him still tried even on a deep squib. But, yeah, I, I, I like Marine City. I think they, like I said last week, they're, they're hitting their stride at the right time. They prepare for this point in the season. And I just, Hamity's a team similar-ish to Yale where they haven't had a ton of playoff success. And, again, Marine City just, they have the game at home. They're going to be comfortable, and like you said, they're getting healthy. And with the quarterback situation, if it's – hey, if it's working and, and both sides know the, – the thing with the quarterback roulette thing I don't like is when quarterbacks are looking over their shoulder. That's when I think it causes an issue and they're afraid to make mistakes. But if both guys understand the situation and are playing loose, I don't think it'll be an issue. Well, uh, part of me – well, number one, Heslop's your veteran guy, and this is a district final. Yes. I kind of like that. Plus, two film that Hammity's looking at might only have Osterlin on it. Like, I don't know how far back into the season they're looking at stuff. To, I know at the playoffs, the first round, you're required to send the last two games. So, they haven't seen Jeff play quarterback. I think he played in week eight. If I, I'd have to go back and look. But, yeah, for the, against Durand and against uh, Yale, he didn't play. So... I th I think Marine City's the favorite, but Dennis, you've been around long enough. It, it is scary when the other team's best player is a dynamic quarterback and they can just take over a game. Uh, I don't, you know, I think he'll make plays. I don't know that he'll take over the game. Well, I'm, I'm just. I, I'm, oh, I'm not I, saying he will either. And, and, I'm I'm, just, and I'm probably really disrespecting Hamity way more than I should. But I'm just not buying what they're selling. Uh, and I think Marine City's going to win this football game. It'll be high scoring. Give me 56 to 30. You, you really don't think they'll <laughs> stop him at all. Uh, I, and I'm not saying he will take over the game, but there's that possibility. I mean, when when you, the way you described him is... You, you know who, who I think has a chance to take over the game? And I'm being quite sincere about this. Zach Tetler might go nuts because it, it's been so long that he's been sitting there having to watch these games, and he might get out on, on the field and get 300 yards on the eight carries they give him. <laughs> yeah, that is a distinct possibility. And with the way you described their quarterback running around, trying to make plays, that can work in the opposite direction. Sometimes you don't live to fight another day when you should. Sometimes you don't throw the ball away and you throw a bad interception, or a defender hawks you down because you know that defense is going to be disciplined. That defense is going to be coached well, and 
isn't going to stop and might make a play like that where, hey, maybe he's made one or two scramble plays that got him a first down, but the third or fourth time he tries to do it, defender comes from behind and strips the ball. A defender comes from behind and gets a big sack when he could have just thrown it away. So that aggressiveness can work against Hamity. Yeah. Uh, I just, again, I, I – Hamity wins, I'll apologize to them, but until they win this game, I'm going I, I like Marine City in this one. You're going with the proven commodity. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the team that wins district titles before they get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> they do. They really do. Uh but I guess I don't see this game, Marine City, if they were to lose it being a low scoring game. I think it's it's a shootout and Marine City makes one or two mistakes, and Hamity only makes one offensively, and that's how they lose like a 40, like kind of like how they beat Armada, like a 43-42 type situation. Yeah, and I, I don't know that anybody's getting 40 on Marine City. Yeah, I, I mean, what's the most they've given up? The 33 against Southlake? Yeah, and they scored 56. That's <laughs> yeah. what I see. I, I see like a Southlake game. Where maybe through a half it's interesting, but the Marine City does what they do and make those coaching adjustments at halftime. So I don't know if there's another team in the area that coming out of halftime makes better adjustments and changes their game plan better than Marine City does. Because it feels like how many times this year have teams been with them for a half and then they put them under their boot in quarters three and four. Yeah, like uh, at, even at one point we were kind of joking that they get off to, to slow starts because they had that stretch there well, from like week five through seven or whatever it was where it seemed like uh, all the games were, were really close at halftime, but they ended up winning all those games really lopsided. Off the top of my head, I think St. Clair was 13 nothing at half, and that was because of, of – Defensive touchdown in the last five minutes of the half. Clintondale, I think, was 13-6 to at half. Lampfear was 13 nothing at half. That one I might not be sure about. And I know Southlake, they, they weren't losing, but I think they were up by like two or three at half. And they won all those games by multiple scores. Yeah. So, we'll see. I've, I've been wrong lots before. But I, I, I feel like this will be a high-scoring uh, game and that – um, it'll be tougher for Hamity to stop Marine City than it'll be for Marine City to get stops against Hamity. Does it help Hamity at all that they saw a more run-centric team a week ago? So this, I know it's different than the T. I mean, Armada's a more power style. They don't run all the fakes, which is different. But does it help them at all that they've seen a run-oriented team here uh, the week before Marine City? We'll find out, but we've talked about this before, how if you haven't seen the T... It's tough to defend, and the Mariners run it better than most, um, whereas Marine City's seen plenty of spread. They, they play in the MAC. Everybody plays the spread. Right. So, yeah, again, defensively I'm not worried, but, Dennis, you know the postseason is the, the time that's ripe for players to have games of their lives, and if you get a dynamic player, again, I don't know how good he is. He could be just a nice player that's really athletic, or he could be the real deal. I don't know, and we'll find out Saturday. Well, he also might be used to things being easy playing some of the teams that they played this year, and you, you know that it's generally not easy when you go up against Marine City. No. It, I mean, it's never been easy <laughs> against Marine City. So it, 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 it'll be interesting. Um, 
Maybe it'll be closer than I think. I hope not. I hope it goes to running time. Oh, I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to see Marine City go in because, well, if you get through, there's a team that not just they owe payback for themselves, but for a lot of teams yeah, in our area, area. That, that could be waiting on the horizon. But I, I'm not saying that name until nope. I have to. <laughs> exactly. Um, do you want to go to another the other games, or do you want to take a quick break, and then we can work into Mooney and Ubley and the rest? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Mooney uh, next, but you know, let's grab a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical suppliers. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. 
Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome uh, back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey and uh, Brady Beaton with you. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Try not to die as we come back on air. Yeah, well, That was good timing. Yeah, that's the way it always happens. It is. Uh, Mooney's 8-2. and two. Clarkston Everest is 7-3. and three. They played earlier this season in week five. The game ended 15-8 to eight in favor of Cardinal Mooney, and it was the first time they had ever beaten Everest in their uh, history. Granted, it was only the eighth game. Yeah, but, I mean, Everest has only had a football program, I believe, for like 10, ten years. Right. And they've made the playoffs every single year of their existence. They've had a winning season every single year of their existence, except one year they went 5-5, five and five, which meant they had a winning regular season, but made the lost. playoffs, and lost a, a first-round playoff game. But uh, they they routinely win games. They routinely win the league. And this year, Mooney came in and took that stuff from them. And it's only what their third intersectional two loss ever. Yeah. The, that, well, yeah, that was the other thing that the, in their history, 10 year history, they'd lost two league games and both of them were to shrine. And Joe Cannell told me that the one win that shrine had was like in a mud bowl. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh this is an interesting one. Uh, Dennis, you were at the first game. And it was a low-scoring bloodbath that was essentially two touchdowns to one touchdown. And Mooney scored the last touchdown the last three minutes of the game. What did you get from that? And I know it was over a month ago now, but what are you getting from that? And does that have any bearing on what happens uh, Friday? That's a good question. Um, First off, it was a chess match. Mm -hmm. Right right from the get-go. The whole first half was... A little bit of bend, but no break. And neither team could finish anything they got started if they could get something started. Defense dominated right from the get-go. Everest tries to throw the ball because they couldn't run it. Mooney was running the ball because that day they couldn't throw it. They had two yards passing the first time around. So this is... Everest outpassed them the first time, 182 to 2. Hmm. But Mooney outrushed them like 250 something to 36. Right. So it was two completely different styles going against each other. And the first points of the game came with 26 seconds left in the first half. Mooney went up 7 to nothing. They held that lead until two minutes left in the third quarter. And then Everest scored, made a two point conversion 
to take an 8-7 lead, and it stayed that way until there were two and a half minutes left in the game when uh, Mooney got uh, their second touchdown, made a two-point conversion, and ended up holding on 15-8 to for the, uh, the win. Um, it was a really good, well-played game, but it was a nail-biter, and Mooney had a couple of takeaways in that game too. They picked off a couple of passes, so, uh, you know, there was a lot that went on in the first game, even though the score was very low scoring. Um, I just, this this was one that I looked at, and I'm like, man, I just don't know that I want the rematch this soon. Yes, uh, I, I, I really, I, I get where you're coming from, because you just never really know what to expect. Um, again, I, I don't want to beat this comparison into the ground, but I feel like it's an app comparison with Deckerville and Deckerville and Kingston. I mean, beat them for the first time in 30 years, and then you lose the rematch. Granted, Kingston was banged up. Marine City Cardinal Mooney's, for the most part, pretty healthy. Yeah. Uh, I like that it's at home again. Uh, Joe Cannell joked with me, he goes, you know, I hope uh, they, they ramp up the construction Friday night to make it a little tougher. And do you think that plays any much of a difference where you have to sit in school and then it's – there's no easy way to get from Clarkston to Marine City. No, yeah, that, that's, that is one thing. That it's, there, there's no quick way to get there. There's no easy way to get there. Probably, what, a buck 20, you think, to get uh, there? I, I mean, I, I don't even begin to know which way you go either – because it seems it seems it's all expressway if you go seventy five to um, sixty nine, but right. it's also you're going a long ways, right? And again, it's like it's, I think you're going out of your way to do it, right? So, but your other option is to somehow waggle down to Hall Road, which is a mess right now. Yes, um, and so yeah. Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe they'll fly in. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe they'll come the day before. Yeah, right. Stay <laughs> stay at a hotel in downtown Marine City. Is there a hotel in downtown Marine City? I think there is. I'm sure there is. Nice area. Um, but so we, we're assuming Everest is going to try and sling the ball around, and we think Mooney's going to run. And it should be a nice night. Temperatures will probably be in the low 60s. Uh, according to this, there's low chance of precipitation. You have, on Saturday, a little chance of rain and a little more wind. Uh, so it, it, it'll be interesting what if the weather plays a factor at all. Because this time last year, it seemed like we were talking about every game, how the weather will affect it. Yeah. Well, uh, when we got to the district finals last year, anybody who didn't have a turf field had a destroyed field for the second-round game. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we're made it. Because the entire first round was played in the rain. All over the state. Yeah, and it was it was seriously like a statewide uh, cloud over the entire uh, state. And uh, you're right. I, I don't love the fact that they get the rematch. But I think the Mooney kids are up to this challenge. I think they understand, hey – this was what they wanted. This is where they want their program to be so they can fight and try to prove where they belong in in uh, D8 and in the Catholic League that they know that, again, Mooney kids, turn this off at this point. They know if they win this game, 
they have a pretty winnable game the next week, that this is more of a regional final than a district final. And if they win this game, they cement their the season as a really as a, a astounding success, and you could argue the best season the school's ever seen. You know Cardinal Mooney's never won a district championship. They've won a handful of playoff games, yep. and when they made it to the semifinals in an eight-man, that's a regional title and not 11-man. So you have a good chance to really say this is the best season you've ever had. Um, and I don't know. When's the last time they had nine wins in a season? Um, I can look that up for you, Dennis. We have the technology and our internet. Because that's the other thing. Again. You're now in an area where, like, they've already been setting a bunch of school records, but that's another record on the uh, the list because I think nine is the school record. Let me go back and look. They went nine and two in 1999 and 2000. And they've never had a 10-win season. No. They never yeah. have. In 99 and 2000, they lost in the district fi- district finals in both of those years, uh, 99 to Bishop Gallagher and in 2000 to Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes. Cool. In 99, they beat Holy Redeemer in the first round. You're, I wonder if that was Joe Cannell. Oh, I don't know. That's where I was. Yeah, but again, a bunch of schools aside, aside of Lakes that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I don't know. I wish I had more analysis for this game. Well, I I'm, think- just, I'm just saying this, that uh, <laughs> these two teams scored 119 points in the first round. Mooney had 48. Yeah. Everest had 71 points against Beecher. Marlette's better than Flint Beecher, though, I'd say. I don't know. But I, I'm just saying, you know, Beecher did score 34, so Everest did give up some points. Yes, they did. Well, Mo- um, Mooney gave up 24. Well, Marlette uh, scored on their first two possessions, and then the rest of the game, they scored two touchdowns. Right. So, I mean, th- th- there's a difference there. Once Mooney saw what they were up against, they made adjustments and they played much better on that side of the ball. I mean, the first two drives, it didn't look like anybody was going to stop anybody, and whoever got the ball last was going to win the game 65-64. to 64. So two things that I want to ask you. One might not have much to do with anything. The other, um, I think, has uh, is a more of a will this make a difference. Since that meeting back in week six, Cardinal Mooney's had a much tougher schedule than Everest, having to play Whitmore Lake, who missed the playoffs at 6-3, and three, and that's only because they're co-opt with someone. Bishop Foley in the prep bowl, and obviously Marlette last week, and Cabrini, that was their one easy game. But Everest has been able to go through four cakewalks. Uh, Lakes, Shrine, Lutheran Northwest, and Beecher, who I think Beecher was a bad team. Do you, I mean, does that help one side or the other? Does that mean Mooney's battle-tested? Does that mean that Everest is fresh? I mean, you could spin this a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, the, the one that I wonder about, like, and, and I shouldn't wonder about him because he's just been so terrific and nobody's really been able to stop him, but Everest has seen Hazen later. He had 148 and two touchdowns. Probably their game planning this week is we're not letting number five beat us. And that comes into my next question. I love when I get a good transition because my next question was, don't you think Mooney's going to have to have someone else step up and have a game like 
Brian Everhart had a week ago where, hey, everyone's game planning for Hazen later, whether it's Spezia, whether it's Trombley, whether it's Bright, whether it's Everhart. Someone else doesn't need to go off for 300 yards or do something crazy, but give them a 100 and a touchdown. Give them a, 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 a fumble or sack fumble. Maybe someone on the D-line brings that up. But don't you feel like when you get to this point in the season, you can't rely on your thoroughbred. You have to have one or two other guys contribute to win this game. I, I still contend that he's pretty Im- important. Like, whatever Hart did, and I don't want to tell you anything, Brian had a great game. Four touchdowns. But. Three different ways. But it, it was set up because Hayson later had 196 yards and three touchdowns, so the two times he rolled out on the bootleg, it was wide open because everybody's focused on Hazen later, and he had a 24-yard touchdown run and a 17-yard touchdown run where there was nobody in the same area code with him. And then the third time they ran it, he threw to uh, Luke uh, Bright, who when he caught the ball, Brady, he could have walked. He could have walked. If you're not down in high school football immediately, he could have crawled <laughs> to the end zone and nobody would have gotten him. He was so wide open. It's one of those plays where it's like, ooh, don't drop it, don't drop it. But, again, that I'm not saying they, that he has to run through eight guys, but if you can have guys do that again, if you, if, hey, if everyone's focused on five, the other dogs can eat two, and if they're going to make it easy on them, just make the play, and last week they did. Do it again. Yeah. So, I'm not, again, I'm not saying they have to go Superman. No, I, I mean, other guys are going to have to control. Obviously, you're not going to beat Everest with one guy, no matter how good he is. But uh, Hazenlater is really good, and he does need to be Hazenlater yes. for them to win this football game. Yes, or at least the threat of Hazenlater, yeah. um, where they're they're all worried about what he's going to do. So and and if you're Everest, you uh, you know you have to figure out a way to get a few yards rushing. Yeah, I don't like having to sling the ball around, especially now um, since they've played that game that Cardinal Mooney's had to play Bishop Foley. He's had to play Marlette, who threw it around. You said in the second half, correct? Yeah, yeah when they so, when they were down and, and Quentin Sarton can throw the ball. So no disrespect to Everest. You don't have a batter on your team that can go up and make plays like the kid from from Bishop Foley did. Now maybe the Everest passing attack isn't as intimidating after going up against what Foley does and maybe not Marlette, but still, there's a little bit more uh, seasoning in that secondary. I I will say this. They did spread it around. I mean, they, they used, I think, five different guys caught the ball. And they they've got three or four guys that you know they they target them all pretty equally. Right. So uh, there isn't like one or two guys that you've got to cover. You got to cover everybody. And against Bishop Foley, some of it was blown coverage. Some of it was kid just went up and as a dude and made a play. And there's a reason why he's going to be a Division One wide receiver. Everest, I'm sure, has very nice receivers that if they were in our area, we'd talk about as good receivers, but they ain't Division One dudes. No. I just think the, these two teams, based on the, the first time they played, they're very even. They just, on offense, they do it differently. Yeah. One team runs to set up the pass, and the other team just passes. <laughs> Is it fair to say the team that 
executes their weakness the best will win. If Everest can run, they'll win. If Mooney can pass, they'll win. Yeah. Yeah, that that and, you know, the the age-old thing, turnovers. Don't turn over the ball. Hidden yardage, too. Guess what? Catch the punt. And don't get a bad spot from an official. <laughs> right? I'll throw that one in. If, if it's I'm a- still bitter. That was week two, and I'm still bitter about it. Oh, you'll be bitter about that till you're dead. That was seriously <laughs> one of the worst call I've ever seen um, with, with my own two eyes at any level. But uh, catch punts. Take away the hidden yardage. Uh, get out of the way and if it when hit, the ball's if it rolling hit, back towards the other hits, team's goal line. If it hits the ground, get out of the way. <laughs> get out but, of the way. Hey, calling a fair catch and bringing it in could save you 15, 20 yards. That's one thing that makes a difference. Uh, down down yeah, the but ball. you know who is back there, and he's not calling for a fair catch. I know, but I'm still <laughs> saying, even if you feel like you don't have a return, call for a fair catch, bring it in, and hey, let your offense go to work. Just because you don't get the kick return, hey, give yourself a chance on offense because, again, a, a punt on the ground is asking for trouble. And if you get out of the way, get the hell out of the way. Right. I'm going to call one. Okay. You're, you're what, like one for two this year calling one? Cam Spees is going to get a touchdown in this game. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. I think that's – and, again, that goes back he's gonna to get our, a He's going to get a quick hitter in the red zone, and he's going to get to the end zone. That that goes back to uh, what we said about someone other than number five having to get in the end zone, and I don't think they'll be worried about him when they're looking at number five. And he's a pretty good running back. He's a pretty good running back. On, on a team that doesn't have number five, he's their feature back, and he probably does pretty good. Yes, in – Indeed. Okay, Dennis, uh, do we have time to move on to another 11-man game? or? Well, we'll talk about Ubley and the Brown City-Deckerville game uh, after we take another break here, uh, and we'll do it in our uh, third segment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Start with 11, man. That was, that was a true story, though. I know. We'll, we'll talk about it next week, hopefully, when it's a little more relevant. Um, Ubley, Michigan Lutheran Seminary. I just have a feeling that this is the game where uh, Lutheran Seminary runs into the buzzsaw. And they go, we had a really good team, but we got a, we got a rotten draw, and we have to go to Ubley, and, they're gonna, and Ubley's going to win this game 56-21. to 21. Okay. I mean... <laughs> I'll, I mean, I'll go with you on that. I mean, we've I, seen Lutheran I just, Seminary I, play. I want to – what I want is to fast forward to Friday night and look at the score and go, oh, okay, and get my questions answered as to – I wish this was a Saturday game because I would have loved to have seen this. How good – like, really, how good is Ubley? Because at least this time – We've seen seminary. We've seen seminary against a team we think is pretty good. Right. And they did some damage. Mm-hmm. And they're a 9-1 and one, uh, football team. And Ubley has just, they've just creamed everybody. Everybody. And and really the only other comparison is. the, the, the Again, the way you're not supposed to do it. The way you're not supposed to do it. Harbor Beach lost to Ubley by 42. And they lost. They lost to Seminary by 14. 
So the transitive property dictates a 28-point win for Upland. <laughs> Again, horrible way to do it. Example, the entire BWAC. Yeah, um, it's, yeah you it's, just can't get from here to there no. doing it that way. But that's all that I kind of have. Like, is, is Ubley 40 points better than this team? And if they are, who in the world can beat them? Well, here's the, all right. Let's go through Lutheran Seminary schedule again. They beat Cardinal Mooney forty three thirty two back in week two. It was a it was six touchdowns to five. Lutheran Seminary executed their extra points and two point conversions, and Mooney missed like all but one. So that's why it it wasn't an eleven point game. And Lutheran Seminary scored in the last like ten seconds when Mooney was selling out to try to force one more punt and. Kid broke off a 40-yard touchdown run. It was not an 11-point game. They beat Bullet Creek in week four by one. Bullet Creek missed the playoffs at four and five. Not great for the resume. They lost to Ithaca. Ithaca's tech, traditionally a really yeah. good team. They get to Ford Field quite a bit. I mean, I think they set the state record for winning streak at one point uh, about a decade ago. They lost that game 50-18. to 18. So they have been blown out once, and but since then, their closest game was Harbor Beach 34-22. That Ithaca loss was sandwiched between a 62-0 and a 55-7 win over Valley Lutheran and Saginaw Nouvelle. And after that... Valley Lutheran is bad. Uh, They've fi- always been bad. A 51-7 and a 62-6 win over St. Charles. Again, not great wins, but they are dominating the teams they're supposed to dominate. The Bullet Creek games that won... Outlier, and then the Harbor, the Ithaca loss, and then the Harbor Beach, albeit impressive win over a good beach team. And and again, we didn't get to see the. For all I know, in the Bullet Creek game, the backup quarterback had to play because the other kid was out for some reason. Yeah, I get you. You know, we have or, no- or or it wasn't, and they just had one of those nights, right. but still found a way to win. Exactly. So, I don't know. I just feel like. For one of the few times we have the absolute buzzsaw, and it's why I've put Ubley as the favorite every um, every time I did the tier list to make it to Ford Field because they have just, I mean, they've given me zero reason whatsoever. Like, if I wanted to be, like, if I was paid to be negative and give hot takes, I don't know if I could Stephen A. Smith my way <laughs> to saying that Ubley was going to lose this game. Like, what would be the complaint? Yeah, what could you complain there, about? There is no complaint um, uh, against Nouvelle. They haven't played a, a. They haven't had to play a tough like second half, so they're not battle tested. Would be uh, the one thing you could uh, say. They, they might not have to play a tough second half in this. I don't know. That's the question that I want answered uh, here. Um, against Nouvelle, thirty-five carries, five hundred and one yards, seven touchdowns between four guys. It's stupid. The worst guy was Maurer, who had six carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. He was their fourth. 83 yards on six carries. He was their fourth leading rusher. Yeah, he was slacking. He had to run extra at practice. <laughs> Didn't get to 100. The, the, Heiling, who a lot of weeks leads them in rushing, was their third leading rusher with 129 yards and two touchdowns. Slacker. And then you had uh, McCoyak, 130 yards. On 10 carries. What's that, 13 a pop? Yeah. Uh, and he scored three touchdowns, and Evan Peruski had the week off. He only had to carry eight times for 159 yards and a touchdown. 
I just don't. <laughs> if Ubley loses this game, fair play to Seminary. Maybe the, Ubley wasn't as good as we thought, or maybe I'm not giving Seminary enough credit. But I think I said this last week. Beach is like a borderline top 10 team in D8. Seminary is a borderline top 5 team. Ubley is probably with, in, with uh, tattooed at number 1 or number 2 in D2, D8. And there's a big difference like we talked about when we said making a run. The difference between 1 and 5 is about the same as the difference between 5 and 15 and is about the difference between 15 and 40. Well, in our area, and I include Ubley in our area, only Marine City has won more postseason games than Ubley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, they're pushing 40 now. Ubley? Yeah, yeah, they're at like 37 or 38, something like that. Um, Seminary's made the playoffs 23 times. So like, these are two teams that know how to get to the postseason. They actually played each other in 2018, and I know that doesn't matter because it's a whole new class right. coming through for both schools. 30-28, to 28, Ubley won that one. And the only other time they played was 2011, and that was a playoff game. And Ubley won that one 22-15. So there's a, a, a small modicum of, of history, and those two games were, were close. I don't um, think I just – I just the way you feel about Hamity and Marine City is the way I think I feel about this game is Ubley is going to buzzsaw them and – Maybe Seminary scores a touchdown early, so it's 14-7 to after one, and you go, ooh, interesting. No, it's not. <laughs> Again, 56-21 sounds right to me. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go against that because I want that to happen because I want Ubley to win the, the football game. I want Ubley to win. I want Mooney to win. I want Marine City to win. Now who do you want to win, Brown City, Deckerville? <laughs> this is the one thing. Hey, we play both sides, can't lose. <laughs> That is a true statement. And, hey, how about an all-Santalac County Regional Championship? In two games that I, wa- like, I wasn't 100% sure Brown City was going to beat Oakland Christian, and I wasn't. I, I was. I was. I, I, I know you I, saw them play. You saw them play K-Pack when things were kind of breaking down yeah, for K-Pack. I just knew they had dudes, and I just didn't know if throwing the ball would give them issues. There were other games that did uh, that I felt more confident about that ended up not going the way I thought um, besides that one. And I really wasn't sure Deckerville was going to beat Kingston. I thought they would, but that was like 55-45. I thought Deckerville would win. Um, yeah, th- this is interesting because, again, after Marine City and Ubley, Deckerville. it's Deckerville. <laughs> it is. In our area for playoffs and playoff success. And I know that, again, the kids haven't been there, done that, but the coaches have been there, done that. Well, and there's also, okay, I know they, in the last three years, they've won one playoff game before this year, but there's still that culture of expectations to win, and they still, I mean, they lost to Britton Deerfield, who made a semifinal, and Merrill in 2020. And where did Merrill end up in 2020? They lost the next week to Morris. So it's not that they're losing to bad teams in the playoffs. And look, I'll use Marine City as an example. They went through, a, a, by their standards, a little bit of a lull in the mid-2010s. They were losing first-round playoff games. Heck, they missed the playoffs one year and 
the world was ending in Marine City. But what did they do? They picked right back up where they left off because the expectations were still there and they kept moving forward. Deckerville can do the same thing. However, Brown City puts up stupid numbers. Yeah. I just for to, just to, to give folks an idea about what, what Deckerville does since 1990. So this is not a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Since 1990, they've missed the playoffs only five times and they've only had two losing seasons. And a lot of that was 11-man football since they've gotten to eight-man football. 11 seasons of eight-man football, 11 playoff appearances, only nine playoff losses in that stretch. They've won 17 games. They've been to the championship game three times. They won it in 2012. Uh, and then uh, they were runners-up in 2016 and 2017. In the 2017 game, they lost by two points, and the game ended with them at the five-yard line, and time ran out before they could get another snap-off. You want some Brown City stats from their win over Oakland Christian? 565 total yards of offense. 89 through the air on just four completions. So you're, what, that's 22 yards of completion? A little slightly more than that. One for a touchdown. They ran for they ran it forty six times for four hundred and seventy six yards. For Brown City, Kyle Affer, twenty carries, two hundred and thirty two yards, five touchdowns. Clint Ford, eleven carries, a buck eighteen. Two touchdowns. Lawson Cooper, when he wasn't throwing for 89 yards, had eight carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. Your top three runners averaged a first down a carry. Yeah, well, I mean, when I saw them against Sutton's Bay, uh, Affer had uh, 254 yards that day. Ford had 153 yards that day, and Cooper had 92 yards that day. So the three of them rushed for 502 yards. So it was and they had other guys carry the ball and, and do damage. Um, Callan Hagee also had a receiving touchdown. He had 55 yards receiving for but, Brown but, City. But that's, uh, the, the thing for Brown City, though, is their best receivers are the two running backs. Yeah. Like, the, they're, they're dangerous. They, they do a lot of crisscrossing and all kinds of, uh, of cool, fun things to watch, and they're explosive, and their backs hit the hole already in fifth gear. Can I tell you the maybe most impressive stat of the game? Brown City had 27 first downs. That's really good, right? Now contrast that with the fact that they only had four third downs in the entire ballgame. That's ridiculous. When you run 52 plays and four of them are third down plays. <laughs> That's, Oakland Christian ran 59 plays in contrast and had 12 third downs. Like, so you're you're on a they, the quote money down four times out of fifty two. Yeah, you were oh, doing hey, whatever you wanted in that game. Brown City's really good. I I I did feel like they were going to beat Oakland Christian. I feel like that they're the favorite against Deckerville. But I just want to point out that you know, for for what it's worth, Deckerville can be dangerous. You can't sleep on them. Uh, and this is a football team, and you've said this before, they've been playing playoff games basically since week seven. Yes. They, they were 3-3. Three and three. 
Their leading rusher, Peter Lapp, went down with an injury. Dylan Ball stepped in, and he's been brilliant for them, and they've been winning must-win games for the last four weeks. Yeah, again, beat Mayville, beat Atherton, beat Pack, beat Kingston last four weeks. And the other thing that I think is worth noting is just where the two programs are. Talk about the expectations for Deckerville and what they've done, and you contrast that with Brown City, and they're kind of new to the fold. This has the anatomy of, of, a, of I guess, the, the grizzled veteran knocking off the young up-and-coming rookie. Yeah, and this is this is different this time around because all time Deckerville is dominated. Right, but that they're, was they're, all. All of those were eleven man games. Yeah, uh, but um, you know the, this this is a different animal. It's been a while since they've they've played over a decade because this Brown City just went to eight man this year, and Deckerville's been doing it for eleven years now. So it, it's it's been a while since they played. In fact, week three of two thousand nine was the last time these two schools faced each other in a football game. So when the middle schoolers were being born. Yeah. So And Brown City won that game. And they also won the only playoff game between the two teams. The score was 6 to nothing back in 1997. Mm. We'll have that score in the first minute of the game. Yeah, if Deckerville <laughs> wants to win this game, I know they held Kingston to eight points, and that was a kickoff return. So they didn't allow an offensive touchdown after giving up 60 points to Peck, granted in four overtimes, but they're going to have to find a way to run with Brown City because Brown City routinely, routinely puts up 60 points. In a win, their lowest output was 40. And so, that was week two, I think. Yes. against On the Maple, road somewhere where I've never heard of. Maple Valley. Yeah. And I since don't even know then, where that is. Since then, besides the loss to Martin, 52-58-60-64-60-66. Deckerville's going to have to score a minimum of 50. And I don't know if they can do that, especially when they don't have all their horses. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm expecting a very high-scoring game here. Yes. I, I think that Deckerville will hang for as long as they can. I just don't know if they can hang for a whole game with Brown City. Um. Uh, again, the, uh, maybe the only thing that can can stop the Green Devils is the bright lights of not having been there before. That's the only negative I can find with Brown City. But um, yeah, it's just Brown City has. I mean, they've played a gauntlet of a schedule. They're nine and one, and you know they want another crack at Martin. Should they get by Lenaway Christian? That and that's the thing. And I know the the Stars is a good league. But Brown City's battle-tested. Like, I, I know that all the teams on their schedule didn't quite have the years this year that they've had in the past, but Sutton's Bay had been to the semifinals three years in a row. Um, Martin was the number one team in the state at the time. I, I think they're, they're actually number two at the end of the year, but still. Um, yeah, because they lost a couple games but near to the end. Bigger North schools that are really and good. Bridgman, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, Bridgman technically was supposed to play a Division Zero game against uh, North Point Christian because they're too big for the eight-man playoffs. Yeah, so they haven't lost to anyone eligible for the playoffs. But uh, Brown City has played a legit schedule. Yes, they have, and uh, and they have for the most part. Dominant. Been rolling teams. 
Yes, they have indeed. The Sutton's Bay game was close for a half, but really Brown City pulled away in the second half, and the, the final was 58-40, to, to 40, and yeah, it felt like a three-score win. Mesick or Messick or whatever they say is the only one that was within a score in their wins. Yeah. Um, so, Dennis, real quick, and I know you will protest this, but we're just going to end this real quick. We have four games left with, and you'll dispute this, Fan Taddy tied you. No, his, he didn't. His picks in the, in, was five in and the five fan that week. pick them is tied with you. So, just real quick, I have his selections here for these four games. We're going to go through. We're going to start Brown City, Deckerville. Dennis, who do you have? Brown City. He also has Brown City. Ubley Lutheran Seminary. Ubley. Marine City Hamity. Marine City. He also has Marine City. Mooney Everest. <sighs> you got a quarter? <laughs> I, I don't think I have one. I can flip one. On, I can use the computer to flip one if you want me to. <laughs> I have his pick for this game. So we're depending on what you pick. All right. So to since the other three are the same, to break the tie, I will take the team he didn't pick. He took Everest. Okay. So, so you I'll have Mooney. Mooney. Mooney Everest is for the ultimate title. You've already clicked. Which I've already won. Far and away between us, the guests, the people. You Second title in three years for Dennis. So wait, hit the applause button for yourself. Is it this one? I think so. Yes. Yeah, Dennis. Two titles, three years. Me, zero titles. The guests won. How have you not fired your coaches yet? Because I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm the undisputed champ because Taddy went five and five that week. Eh. Can't you can't do twice. If I could do twice, then I had a perfect season. No, he didn't do it after the fact. I'm a hundred and oh. He didn't do it after the fact. But anyway, just so the Mooney Everest game is the runoff to see who is the grand ultimate champion. I do want to thank everyone who participated in the picks all season long. I, I was happy the fact that we got a little bit of user interaction, and we had a fair amount of people pick all, all 10 weeks. We actually had about three or four that picked all nine, but the, the places they were from didn't make the playoffs, so I think they kind of checked out. But, <laughs> but no, we, I thought we had some really good participation i was happy with it uh taddy finished 82 and 18 to to win the peoples uh tyler from allenton he struggled in the last week he dropped everybody did he he struggled to drop to 80 and 20 they were the only two that ended up with um with 80 wins and sean from marine city 79 and 21 to finish which is all better than i did and all really really solid I had fun for eight weeks, and then the last two weeks have been brutal. Well, the last two weeks were, were brutal for everyone. Uh, by the way, I want to give shout-outs to everyone who did fill out all ten weeks. Anthony in Port Huron, uh, Todd in Marine City, Anthony in Marine City, and Lance in Lakeport all were ten for ten filling out weeks. I uh, believe, excuse me, there was another, uh, uh, there, no, that was it, sorry. The, 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 this person missed week one. There were a couple that missed like one week. Where were you? I don't know. It's week one. That, that's like the week <laughs> you're supposed to be the most excited. We had a lot of people fill out nine, but uh, no, I, I appreciated all the, the participation. It was fun just to see where the people, because there were a few games that 
uh, we all were on one side, the people were on the other, and because you can get individual people that pick with their hearts, but usually as a whole, the you don't get a group of people from differing communities all picking with their hearts the same. Well, I, I'll just um, and I don't know where I, I I had a thought there, and then you made me forget it. Um, oh, there were some games this year that I thought were pickums, like. You, we were splitting hairs, and I was shocked that for most of those, everybody decidedly picked one team over the other. Yeah, it'd be like eighty-five percent, like the, like especially in the BWAC. Like there were games that we agonized over and we flipped, and then I'd read the people, and it was like eighty-six percent of the people taking Croslex or North Branch or Armada or Alma. Yeah, well, well, we we did a. Uh, there were a couple of times where I'm like, okay, the, between four groups here between me you the guest and then the the overall somebody's picking the yeah. other team and it would be like oh it's a sweep for so-and-so and it's like really and then we'd be wrong i i, I almost yeah i'd be like i almost want to change my pick now because somebody should say i mean they have a legitimate chance to win the game somebody should pick this team yeah and it, well because the the examples I can think of were Croslex over Almont, uh, Croslex over North Branch, or North Branch over Armada. Uh, those are the big ones I yeah. can think well, of off even the top the, of my head. Even the Armada Marine City, yeah, everyone. Game, I think Marines. everybody picked Marine City, right? So, who knows? It, it's why the picks are fun, and um, yeah, I was I was glad we could do this, and I hope we can do it again next year. Maybe. If I let you put your title back on the line, nope. Two out of three. I still, I'm still waiting. Uh, when are you going to get me my ring for my first championship? I would if it was called Get Brady on Sports. <laughs> I want my ring. You have the connections. Do I? Yes. How do I have connections to get you a ring? You, you have connections. Not for that. You sure you do. Anyway, we've rambled on long enough. Dennis, <laughs> remind everyone where we are. All right. Uh, we've got three for you uh, this weekend. Two on Friday, and, and this is a little weird. Mooney plays on Friday at East China Stadium against Clarkston Everest. That's where Brady will be on stream uh, two. They kick off at 7. I will be in Brown City. It is a 7.30 kickoff Friday night for Brown City Deckerville. And there's a reason for that. Volleyball districts end Friday, and I think it starts at 6 at Brown City. So volleyball match takes about an hour and a half. If Brown City's in it, they can go out and go to the football game. Absolutely. Uh, And then on Saturday, it's a night game at East China Stadium Saturday night, Marine City, Flint, Hammondy, and I'll be there at 7 o'clock. Sounds good. All right, anything else? Uh, nope, uh, we'll still have a Friday night show. Might not be as action-packed, but we'll, <laughs> we'll still have a Friday night show. Uh, we'll have three games to talk about, and probably... We'll probably, re- as long as our teams win, we'll be reacting to games from around the pro- state. Probably too. just the highlights from my game will take up two and a half hours. Because <laughs> somebody might get to 100. That's You're not wrong. <laughs> From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.